it's better now than later on. It's true. And I mean, it's not too bad, honestly. Uh, I will say <laughs> for repeat customers, this this audio is going to be better than the first time we did this together. True. But to be fair, that was also like one of the first instances. Uh, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. That's okay. Neither did I. And now I now I also know um, at least vaguely what I'm doing, at least when it comes to like audacity and stuff. So, yeah, because, you know. That's a thing that I do now. It's so. a program. Exactly. Boogie, boogie, boogie. It's a, you know, <laughs> that's all we got on this pitch of an earth. <laughs> Programs and functions. Uh, me? It really, it's perfect, actually, I think is, I think that really summarizes everything in our existence very well. <laughs> so before I forget to introduce myself, holy shit, because that, that happened last time, mm-hmm. um, Welcome, everybody, to Nonsense and Noise, a podcast about the queer person of color experience with pop culture. Um, Before I forget to introduce myself yet again, I am your host, Nathan Cotto, and I'm joined once again by the brilliant, the incomparable, the unique, never the same, one of a kind. You heard them before on the podcast as my local Marvel aficionado. We are here today not to talk about hockey, unfortunately. That will actually be another time because I have another idea for another podcast that they will be back for. I want you to Um, know that Icarus is very upset by this development. Well, Tiny Bird's going to have to deal with it. (laughs) God, me too. Welcome back to the pod, Bryn. Yay! Applause, applause in the distance. Hi, I'm Bryn Moore, as you've heard. I am still the MCU aficionado. It's uh, true. I am still queer and I am still a person of color last time I checked, but the lighting in my bedroom leaves a little to be desired. Oh no. The <laughs> uh, lovely child that you hear screaming in the background is my darling lovebird Icarus, who also wants his spot in the limelight. So my apologies for that. This tiny bird was supposed to go to bed, but bird said uh no the sun is al- the sun is i was about to say the sun is alive we're gonna have bigger problems if the sun is dead the sun the sun is out it's no, out the sun there. is up the sun is up so the sun is awake that's the line there you go there the you sun go is you were awake. so close i just like circled closer and closer every time the, the sun is, is awake. awake so i'm so awake, I am awake. <laughs> perfect I'm so glad we've we've remembered our Disney roots going into this. Oh my god. Oh, it took us a while, but here we are. Bryn, how have you been in the I know I know we hung out like a couple days ago, but for for the listeners, it's been 7 months. Oh, so god. has it been that long? It's yeah, cuz we think we talked our episode was back in like October. Oh yeah, cuz we talked year. about Shang-Chi. Oh, my goodness gracious. It has been that long. So how have you been? I've been alive. Um <laughs> I think uh, I can speak for most individuals when I say that that I am most certainly existing. Otherwise, in terms of actual things that I've done, I've started my audiobook narrating career. Only... Wow, that's exciting. <laughs> well, you know, one of them has been published. Hey, so, that's you know, something. Exactly. We're working on the rest of them. But otherwise, I'm I'm doing my usual nonsense in the uh, mm-hmm. the Marvel fandom because it's never going to let me go no matter how much i try so very fair very fair when we do plugs at the end you'll have to you'll have to expand a little bit more on your your audiobook stuff because that's really cool and i'm sure like my brain's (laughs) i am here to narrate literally anything so if you have like a fiction book you want done i'm so here for it i have auditioned for more erotica novels than i would like to admit to i have not 
heard back from a certain author yet, and I think it's a little homophobic, but... I mean, yes, it pro- it's homophobic and, to be quite honest, racist. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? Um, I didn't want to read weird daddy novellas anyway, so... I will say you have a better voice for audiobooks than, let's say, Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> True as fuck. But you know what? I, I don't think, even with my, my beautiful voice, I, I don't think I could make Fifty Shades uh, palatable to most audiences. If the material is so. bad... If the material is bad, then we just can't fix it. Like it's it's those mo- it's like the same as those movies that are um, the script is bad and the author the the actors the authors the actors do as much as they can to fix it to like help it along. Exactly like Twilight, you know the the uh, older sibling of of Fifty Shades. Uh, sometimes fandom is good, and sometimes sometimes real authors are worse exactly sometimes fandom authors should stay (laughs) fandom authors and not not published but you know what that's that's a discussion for another day that's true that is very true so i yeah that yeah absolutely so no it's good to hear that you're doing well and things are things are shifting around for you i can say with certainty that since the last time i recorded an episode of the podcast i'm also alive i'm glad to hear it i was getting a little worried (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know all that radio silence. Like, is he alive over there? Oh, I see some movement. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> it's kind of like like I was just watching from like the treehouse in the yard with like binoculars, <laughs> but not in, like like a creepy way. Like just in a you know, I must survey my neighborhood where all of my friends live, and it's like, oh, right. I saw a shadow move. Nathan's probably alive. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because for for the. The, the viewers of the podcast, you know, because podcasting is a, a, is a visual a, experience, a visual medium. Bryn and I are in a Discord server together. And that's, I mean, that's part of how Bryn and I like developed our friendship. And my, my equivalent is that like, we have this one channel where we post, where we, and by we, I mean, mostly I will post shit that I find on Tumblr. And I joke that it's like the living room and I'm just like leaving shit on the coffee table. And every so often people will come in and be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Yeah, we, the the name of the channel is quite literally I don't know yet because we we didn't know what title would be befitting of the absolute nonsense that Nathan likes to put in in the server. So we just kind of I put that down there for him. I, I said, "Here you I go. Think Here's was, your coffee table." It was for another friend actually. Was the genesis of this. And then It was. And then over time it just morphed into well, let me just put all the weird shit that I find on the internet here and everyone can react at their own <laughs> at their leisure. It's like it's kind of like you're like a a crow or like a magpie or something and you're just like you waddle on in, you drop like a button or a pin or something, and you're like, "Look at this! I brought this for you." And all of us are like, "Why?" And you're already waddling away, like it's just for more. And I'm exactly. coming back with more. Exactly. We're like, we don't know how we feel about this content, and you're like, "That's too bad." I've got Here's more. Twelve more buttons. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's great because like sometimes, like I said, people will, will it'll start a conversation, and it's it's great because like we've been this group of friends we've been around since like 2017 ish, I think something like that. Uh, 27, yeah, so, 2017. And like the the nature of the friend group has has changed over time because like we we use this friend group to hang out and play Overwatch before, and now we do not play Overwatch. Free Hong Kong. So and also, yes. you know, believe victims and so on and so forth. 
And, yeah, and also, I mean, other than that, Blizzard has done an amazing job just driving Overwatch into the ground. My friend and I played, tried to play Overwatch last night, and we were in queue for 40 minutes and did not find a game. My god. But, you know, it's, it's really impressive because I think you and I would very likely pass their diversity AI. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so, oh, uh, no. <laughs> I, I think you and I have a very good chance of, of continuing that, that legacy with Overwatch. I'm so glad that we can, we can do that. That's actually a great segue into pop culture news. So just so that in case people uh, viewers of the podcast have not seen that tool blizzard made a a tool to assess diversity and like kind of give numbers to to characters on like how diverse they are and like the scale is basically how attractive are you how smart or how attractive is a character how smart is a character what's their skin color and basically it's just like how far away from you or from a cis het white male are you and it's bad like you can't quantify diversity like that it's it's a i guess a cool tool to help white people try and like be like okay well how different am i going but like you can't you can't put a number on that it's just it's it's really nice that they like came up with a program that can be done by literally just asking like people of color like hey does this does this cast look a little white to you and then being like well you have two black characters and like one of them is brazilian not to say that obviously black right. brazilians are not black yeah. but in the sense that it's like we have an african man we have a black brazilian who is, man who's a criminal no, exactly exactly most of their their people of color actually are criminals and uh, yeah, I say yeah, that as our, right. our resident Hispanic. So oh boy, so I forgot about that. That's yeah. fine. So um, so yeah, that's that's just kind of like tying the knot on or like finishing up that thing, just in case anybody hadn't seen. But um, on to more exciting stuff. So I I know I kind of shifted the format to be like instead of giving folks a, a whole list of things that are, that are upcoming, I'm just listing now the top three because otherwise this opening segment will be two million years long. And I know I was really pushing it with my last episode where it was like almost two hours. The whole episode, not the opening segment. That would be wild. Um, my God. But... <laughs> Uh, so the first thing that I know I'm excited for is the Bob's Burgers movies that, that is coming out uh, next week. Currently, date of recording is May 21st. A little peek behind the curtain for everybody. So uh, the Bob's Burgers movie comes out next weekend for Memorial Day weekend. And I know, like, Bob's Burgers isn't, isn't like, a showcase of people of color but like i do find that they're like the humor is really good and um like the jokes are never at the expense of anybody and just like the characters are great um if anybody has seen bob's burgers my personal favorite character is tina and i i dressed up as tina for my senior year of college for halloween and my friend went as louise and it was a great time so yeah that's like the number one movie that I'm excited for coming out in the next few weeks. And then the movie that I'm here to roast Bryn with oh, is <laughs> coming out next month on June 17th is Lightyear. So this is the, the origin story, I believe, right? Of Buzz Lightyear. Correct. And 
uh, just in case y'all didn't know, is uh, I was about to say Chris Pratt. That would be a cool I, joke. That would no. That's the Mario <laughs> movie that we're not going to. That's talk the Mario. About. Movie. Yes. So it's Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear, and then I think Kiki Palmer is the uh, is playing opposite him. Correct. As well as uh, Taika Waititi. Waititi. Oh. oh my gosh, it's Taika, sir, my beloved. I'm so sorry that I just did that. I can't I believe can't. I I fumbled. He's... Definitely listening to this podcast and definitely will take offense. Exactly. We'll hear about it on Twitter. I can't believe I've done this. <laughs> Speaking of Twitter and Lightyear. And okay, first, let me just say um, that the Toy Story movies were like my favorite Pixar movies growing up, which is very mm-hmm. unfortunate um, because they were always no. released right around my birthday. And now this one okay. is releasing the day before my, my birthday. And when they initially announced that that Chris Evans would be voicing Buzz Lightyear. I have like a very normal amount of human feelings about Chris Evans. Um, yes. So as normal. One, as, as one does about this, you know, very, very attractive man. Yep. Very, um, who very also has a pretty good personality. Pretty good. He, he has some of his, his character flaws. Um, number one being that he's a Patriots fan. Number two, he's a little <laughs> bit... Of a of a military sympathizer, but that's neither here nor there. Um, point being, um, I do enjoy his physique and his voice, and so when Disney announced that um, that he would be he would be voicing Buzz Lightyear, I of course uh, announced my distress on the internet via Twitter, uh, saying, "Oh my God, I can't believe they're going to make me thirst after Buzz Lightyear." And um, that was so truly iconic of me that I was, in fact, featured in a BuzzFeed article of beautiful Twitter individuals who are having a crisis over being attracted to Buzz Lightyear. So. And my, my favorite part of this was I shared this information with a mutual friend of, of mine and Bryn's on Twitter, and this, this friend did not know about this before. And yeah, no, it, it was just very funny. They're I... they're in my Marvel circle. Um, they're a very very dear, very close friend. Um, and and uh, fortunately and unfortunately for them, they knew me after that had happened. Um, so when it <laughs> when it came around again, I had to relive the the war flashbacks of the internet knowing that I'm a degenerate. So. I I think you can take comfort in knowing that more people are are you know I feel like Chris Evans is a fairly tame crush yes. like internet or like a celebrity crush to have yes I'm trying to think of like somebody th- else who is like not not to roast people who like simp for these people but mm-hmm. Chris Pratt. oh that's a choice I'm Never saying mind. you're right um, you you're know, absolutely right honestly I think. After um, Icarus doesn't want me to talk about this because it's it's very personal to him. Um, he very much <laughs> liked the Sonic movies, but oh I God. had the same fear going into Sonic the Hedgehog two. Okay, because Idris Elba could do unspeakable things that I cannot say, even for an internet audience to me. Um, mm-hmm. And playing Knuckles the Echidna, who is just a sweet baby boy. I was so terrified that it was going to awaken something in me that that I had managed to escape and bypass. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone right. has their their early 
Sonic-ish phases. The good news is, I just want to adopt Knuckles. Idris Elba is still a daddy, but like, I don't gotta, you know, Buzz Lightyear, bottom of the barrel here. Like, I don't gotta, I don't gotta <laughs> worry about nothing no more. So. At least Buzz Lightyear is human. <laughs> exactly. He's a human grown adult. So. He maybe has a very large chin, but otherwise he is human. But you know what? Chins are Sometimes they do be large. Sometimes they do be large. Sometimes they do be a part of the human anatomy. And you know what? We respect that in this house. We, in this house, we respect chins, which is actually, this is a perfect segue. You're full of these perfect segues today. The, so moving from video from movies into video games, the video game that I thought was worth highlighting before anything else that I'm like actually excited about, June 23rd, Sonic Origins comes out. I know Britain's significant other is a big Sonic person, so I don't know if you've already known about Sonic Origins coming out. But. Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, I know about... It makes it sound like I'm like disappointed about knowing these things. Um, <laughs> but I will just say, in case any of the viewers slash listeners are interested, I am looking for a copy of Sonic Adventure 2 on the Dreamcast. If you have the original case, I'd really appreciate it. Anyway, semantics. Uh, video games. Video games. So that's Sonic Origins. The next one, Brynn and I could probably talk a little bit about too. On June 24th, Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes comes out. And I know they're, they're, I feel like the reception to this is, is pretty mixed. It looks like it's going to be an alternate universe or AU where the original protagonist of Fire Emblem Three Houses, I was about to say Three Hopes, uh, original protagonist of Three Houses, Byleth, is now like a, a villain of sorts so like the the game the story itself is very interesting to me and and not quite the same sort of a ness as hyrule warriors age of calamity which for me was very disappointing because i was expecting a tragedy arc and i don't think enough video games actually do tragedy arcs and those are actually like you know tragedies are important stories to tell but yeah story-wise i'm excited but gameplay-wise i'm not super thrilled because like for me dynasty warrior-esque games like they don't do that for me so and i know we've kind of talked about it but any thoughts on your end Bryn, or thoughts or feelings about i i am also very back and forth on it because i you know like we've we've seen in fandom and such the the whole concept of of byleth being the one you know realizing that they have to be the villain in order to bring the three houses together and and Mm -hmm. prevent the the war and I, I don't know if I trust Nintendo to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, like, I have, I have my concerns about it. I don't mind the Dynasty Warrior style gameplay, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I just like being able to mash buttons because I'm not good at video games. This and isn't correct. He, mm, but go on. Sometimes I like to snipe people, um, but That's only true. if they're walking at me in a straight line and very slowly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I remain hopeful. Huh? Get it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hope, hope, hopeful. Ha <laughs> ha. Hilarious. I'm so <laughs> funny. Absolute comedian. Um, but I, I'm definitely not getting it, getting it on day one. I'm, I think I'm going to see right. what everyone else has to say first. So. Yeah. And I think that in, intelligent systems or insys, as the fandom calls them, the, like the developer company for the Fire Emblem franchise, like 
they have done a unification route before with their beloved game Fire Emblem Fates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we're gonna call it. We're gonna call that a beloved game. Yes, everybody loved that game. There were no cri- there was no criticism of it for whatsoever. But also, I feel like I I think they're taking that into heavily into account where people really didn't like the golden route of the reunif- like the unification of both Nor and Hoshido and there so I feel like that's probably the reason why they're not like going for unification because I believe that the storyline in Three Hopes is also diverging at least the trailer says you know three different routes to take so it's just like well here we go again and Hopefully there's no secret fourth route to take, in which case, because I finally watched all the cutscenes for Silver Snow, and man, oof. <laughs> yeah, it's, they tried, bless their hearts. They tried, they tried. And that's, that's all I can really give them, unfortunately, so. Yeah, yeah, um, and of course, Fire Emblem, that's another episode for another day. Um, yeah, it is, <laughs> just as a whole, another day. Yes. In general. Um, and then the last title that I know I'm excited about, which is coming out in July, is Live Alive, I think is how you say it, or Live Alive, I don't know. Um, but that like comes that. out in July 22nd from Square Enix. Um, I think this is a remaster of an older title, um, also called Live Alive, and you get to play as like seven or eight different characters throughout the course of history and if you liked octopath traveler or triangle strategy it's the same sort of art style where you've got your uh, little pixel characters and then the backgrounds are like 3d like gorgeous art so i'm really excited about that especially given like i really liked octopath traveler i'm still working through it i'm still working through triangle strategy but like those those games are really enjoyable for me so i'm excited to add yet another game to the pile of games that i need to need to play <laughs> it looks uh honestly i i trust square enix with my life which is on occasion a huge mistake so i it is it's definitely a, a remaster slash remake but from what i've seen from people who have played to the original thus far from gameplay and cinematic trailers it, it seems like it's a fairly close match so hopefully awesome. It yeah. will not disappoint. Hopefully it will not disappoint. Yeah, Bryn, Bryn's talking about Kingdom Hearts. Listen. Do we want to have a brief brief road, uh, roadside stop for uh, Kingdom Hearts 4? We'll make it so, so brief. Um, <laughs> Sora, Kingdom Hearts, is so important to me. And I'm really glad to know that his feet are normal size. <laughs> um, and that his clown shoes are not actually an indication of his genuine foot size. And I didn't want to come into this conversation sounding like a foot guy, but like, Here listen, you are. listen, he's just so beautiful. And, and I think that's all I really have to contribute to the conversation. Otherwise I will just burst into tears. I feel like, I mean, to redeem you in the eyes of the viewer, the podcast viewers, you, you di- it's not like you let off with my favorite thing about Sora is his feet. True, 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 true. So I think it's safe to say that you like many other things about this character and not just his big old clown feet. Exactly. Yeah, no, my favorite thing about this character is that he wakes up in a strange new world from like a seven day coma and he doesn't know what's going on, but then he sees people in trouble and getting hurt and of course he's going to step up and try and help them anyway. What is this voice I'm doing? You don't worry about it, I'm totally fine. I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> yes, 
Wow. See, exactly. I think I just blacked out a little bit. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Where were we? Welcome back. Welcome back. Sora and his clown shoes. So that that's sort of like all the pop culture updates I have. Bryn, do you have anything that you're looking forward to in the coming weeks? Other than any like other than stuff that that I mentioned? Not not in particular. I think the only like kind of recent-ish thing, if you guys don't like super closely follow video games, Sony just did a showcase regarding the new accessibility options um, for God of War uh, Ragnarok, which will be hopefully, fingers crossed, to be coming out sometime later this year. That's Dad of Boy 2. Exactly. Dad of Boy the second. <laughs> exactly. So they're the the same publishers that did The Last of Us Two, um, okay. or Sony is the same publisher. It's not the same right. game not developer. Naughty Dog. But, exactly. But they did a really good job with The Last of Us Two and and their accessibility options. And it seems like they're going even further with that with God of War. So um, awesome. So yeah, I would recommend looking into it as a a way to kind of encourage other game developers to add on those options. So yeah, cool. All right. Well, that that kind of wraps up our opening segment. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back with the main content of the episode. And we are back from the break. So I know that the last episode that we did or that I did here was with my friend Mal talking about Encanto. And we're back with another episode talking about Encanto because, you know, what Mal is is mixed Latino, but they don't speak for every Latino person, and just the way that Bryn is also mixed Latino and does not speak for every mixed Latino person. So this episode, we'll be talking a little bit about Bryn's experience with the story, and you know, folks who are listening, you can, you can listen back to Mal's episode, see if there's any overlaps or anything, but we just want to share as many perspectives and like different opinions and thoughts as we can on on this so without further ado Bryn what was before we get into like more of what you wanted to talk about like high level overview like how did you like the movie I know know you liked it but I did favorite favorite pieces Um, favorite parts I I definitely uh, I yes I loved it the music is of course going to be everyone's highlight um Mm -hmm. it's it's funny because I feel as though in in recent years Disney has taken a turn in which there's not like a specific antagonist and more of like an emotional bridge to get over which has been really neat uh because i i think it it really helps to you know obviously they're kids movies and it helps to kind of you know show kids that there's not always like a specific bad guy or Mm -hmm. you know like these emotional journeys can also be you know as as big and almost theatric as right. as facing off evil so on and so mm-hmm. forth but at that same time if disney could stop decking me in the face with my emotional trauma for oh five <laughs> seconds i would appreciate it just so so much it would be so awesome i do yeah. think that they they started shifting the as you mentioned that's I'm trying to think back. I I would say maybe going all the way back to like Tangled is when they started. Like I mean, Tangled. There's still kind of a villain in like Hans, right, or whatever say whatever uh, his name is. Mother Gothel was the the villain for Tangled. You're thinking of Frozen. Oh my god! You were so close. <laughs> oh my god! I was really proud of you. There. This is embarrassing. Okay. Anyway, I can't sorry. You would do Tangled. No, Mother you, Gothel. You did have um, a good point yeah. there, though, because you know the the family trauma and and being gaslit by Mother Gothel and mm-hmm. and Rapunzel finally getting a chance to 
step outside the tower, all of that stuff. Right. So. Because, like, the de- like her- Mother Gothel's defeat isn't necessarily even, like, I mean, it is actually a triumphant part of the movie. So, actually, let's, sorry, let's, let's switch gears to Frozen. Like, Frozen, Hans wasn't even, like, the real villain. It he was, was like, like, a secondary villain to yeah, and like Elsa's the, emotional drama. <laughs> right, because, like, in, I feel like in both of these, like, they're there, those villains are kind of there to help the story along, but they're not necessarily, like, the thing that is standing in the main character's way. It's, like, stuff that maybe the villain character, like, represents, or, like, yeah, like, themes that they, that are associated with them. So, like, for Tangled with Mother Gothel, it's, like, overcoming gaslighting and like isolation overbearing um codependent parents so on Mm -hmm. and so forth or just general family members i suppose yeah and then with with frozen it's it's like repairing and strengthening the 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 bonds that you have that elsa has with anna so that's you know that was like yeah hans gets in the way which is unfortunate he does get punched in the face which is also pretty neat um but yeah like the main driving force is that anna and elsa have to repair their relationship after years and years of isolation and Mm -hmm. rejection and understanding how their their lives differed after elsa's powers emerged so on and so forth you know we've gone through yeah and then i think in that same vein like frozen 2 i think was truly like the full turning point Um, yes and, like, a full acknowledgement of, like, oh, you know, these these two are going to have, like, lasting trauma from this instance. Maybe mm-hmm. we should try and investigate that a little further. Maybe mm-hmm. we should try and, you know, see how that's changed them, even though they've already had this first step of the journey. It's It was nice to see that even though the original conflict was technically resolved, there was still something left in the aftermath. So it, it kind of shows that emotional trials are not always over within uh, an hour and a half time frame right yeah and i feel like those these things are like what make these movies i know you mentioned before that they're kids movies and i personally would argue that these are more family movies because like like the kids you know they like it because it's it's movies it's nice pretty colors flashing lights nice little songs that get stuck in their heads um and that plague their parents for weeks months years 110 um, <laughs> percent. but then also like for people who are not children there there are lots of things to take away and i know i'm definitely going to do an episode of the pod on frozen 2 because holy shit that movie is amazing oh buddy like I, oh man oh the emotions attached to that movie are horrific her, um, like it explored so many different things but so this is wow this is a runaway tangent yep. um, <laughs> that's okay though no, I, I, I also like wanted to it, probe a little bit more <laughs> yeah no i wanted to probe into this because i think it, it gives like good context then for like what you wanted to talk about with mm-hmm. with encanto yes so further background i know i i vaguely elaborated on being a person of color earlier and of course nathan did for me as well i am mixed um latino hispanic with a little bit of Mexican thrown in there. I I truly don't know how many shades of brown are involved. Um, 50? In in me? (laughs) Minimum, I would say. Um, So I I have a little bit of everything and also not enough. So I'm I'm also a third generation American. So I don't have the full, you know, I don't have the 
um, the immigrant experience or, you know, mm -hmm. I was mostly raised around my mother's side of the family who is white. My sincerest condolences to myself. Um, <laughs> but in particular, of course, I, I loved Encanto. There was a lot of it that, that did resonate with me. But I think given the same conversation that you and I had regarding Shang-Chi is that my perspective and, and kind of what we were looking to cover today is how fandom and beyond that scope, how the public in general reacted to Encanto and, and mm -hmm. kind of how they've processed that media and spit it back out by some degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, and this that's definitely also something very similar that Mal and I talked about on the previous episode. I don't know if you ever saw somebody's review of Encanto saying like this is a movie about being queer in a very heteronormative family except for you're also like your your weird uncle who's also queer and I was just like did did we watch did we watch movie? the same movie like I like the yes and no um yeah. I I always appreciate you know like we were talking about with with Tangled and with Frozen I love when media when it's not like your exact specific context, but you can mm -hmm. understand what the characters are going through. Um, right. So for instance, for me, like with, with the movie with Encanto, I saw myself a lot in Luisa and how she had to, you know, hold up the family. Like her su surface pressure mm -hmm. is the defining song for like <laughs> those with the eldest daughter complex. Like it's not, yep. it's not a gender, it's a title. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I've held the title for 24 years straight. So yep. the emotional impact of that is so yeah. much. Yep. But at the same time, there are aspects of this story that are not even for me, someone who is Latino, um, mm -hmm. Hispanic, so on and so forth. And I think that got lost in translation mm -hmm. for an ironic turn of phrase. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh. I think the the biggest thing when it when it came to the reaction, it's actually it's kind of funny because it's the Lin-Manuel Miranda is is involved, of course, with oh Encanto and was the, the main yeah. composer. Um, yes. And of course, we we did see how high all of the songs climbed on uh, on the, the music charts. And mm -hmm. um, I think. There's, to some degree, it's like a, a familiar name to... Yes. To white individuals who enjoy mm -hmm. content from people of color. Um, yes. So it was like, oh, like, I already... I have a background, you know, with, with this particular individual or, like, with mm -hmm. the, uh, the voice actors that were involved. That's always kind of been, like, a draw to people for animated movies, which is, of course, how we right. end up with situations like either Lightyear or... Um, the Mario movie. Or the Mario movie. You know, it's positive, Lightyear, negative, Mario movie. Mario, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so that's, like, a, a normal part of the process. But it feels like... It felt performative, I suppose mm. I could say okay. not necessarily in the sense that, you know, oh, Disney is picking Lin-Manuel Miranda because I do genuinely enjoy his work. And mm -hmm. the I, listen, the songs in Encanto were. Chef they were good. They were fantastic. They were good. They were good. <laughs> they were great. They were amazing. I like, grew. Absolutely. Um, so, 
just oh, gonna bring I, it all back you around. Have to, you have to remind me to tell you about a Groot thing later. Um, oh god, for, for the tail end of the episode. Anyways, I'm I'm so ready for the Groot thing. <laughs> um, but so circling back, you know, they already had that like initial draw, like, hey guys, you can come see things about people of color because like you know we're gonna dangle the shiny things that you guys like over it so that way you mm-hmm. know you guys are still gonna come see it like we yes. don't want to make you too uncomfortable you know right. we still want you to have a little bit you know kind of like uh like martin freeman's presence in black panther oh um, my god that's <laughs> yes true that's very god, true the tolkien white guys um i yes. will give them ulysses Claw was, in fact, he was a white man. He always was. Oh, that's true. That's and true. Uh, so two white, two white men. Two white men. Both men who were involved in either Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. So I guess you could say they are the Tolkien white men. Oh, ah, okay. See, I was wondering if you were pronouncing Tolkien for that, like, with that particular yep. Yep. way for... Anyways, the joke that I was looking for was, is there another half-white person? So we can say there are two and a half white men, but anyways. You were so close. You were so close. Um, <laughs> almost, but not wait, not quite. Almost made it. Anyway, with Encanto, um, pandering, so on and so forth. So we, we kind of set the stage with that. Mm-hmm. And then... Thank you, Icarus, for your contribution. I know you want to talk about your emotional trauma. However, <laughs> it's not its not about you this time, which is actually, in fact, what I would love to segue into. Um, Perfect. <laughs> because what distressed me the most, I would say, mm-hmm. and, and what made me not really want to, like, I kind of just wanted to take the movie and, like, hold it to my chest and not talk about mm-hmm. it with other people. Um, right. First of all, emotional devastation. Second, right. the way that, like white fans in particular interacted with it mm-hmm. was weird do you have any examples because like i i can think of you know i give the the review up at the top um but yeah any examples yes. that you have absolutely so i the thing the thing with fandom is that if you go scrolling through the tag of anything on any social media platform like you're gonna Mm -hmm. see things that you don't want to see and there was plenty of stuff i didn't want to see but that's not (laughs) like the specific like that's just fandom in general not specific to this situation in this specific instance what i saw was i think in fandom our our prevalent concept is a little bit of character projection which is fine you know it's Again, it's important to find yourself within creative stories because that's what yep. art is for. So on and so mm-hmm. forth. That's not a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, philosophical nonsense. Right. But the way that they would insert themselves into the universe or like you were saying earlier with, with queer individuals who would say, you know, I was also like ostracized by my family for being different, for not being right. And I don't mm-hmm. understand how she could forgive her grandmother And, you know, I don't understand her reactions. And, you know, like, if I were in her position, then I would have changed this. And I was like, "Mm," like, I, unfortunately, myself, I, I was going through very much like that same sort of scenario at that time when Encanto Mm -hmm. was released, which is why it took me a little bit longer to watch it. Um, Mm, So I was I was a little late to the party because I I didn't know if I could handle it at the time. Fair, fair, Um, fair. But... Like, the situation that I had outside of this movie, the situation that I had with my family regarding me being trans, was 
not reflected in this movie. Like, obviously, yeah. there were still parts of myself in it. I still saw all of the relatable, you know, I'm I'm not how my family wants me to be. And, like, looking mm -hmm. forward into the future. Huh. Yeah. I'm yeah. probably gonna be Bruno, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. But I still know that the story wasn't for me. Okay. Like, I know that it was aimed more specifically at either, you know, immigrant families or... Mm -hmm. Colombian culture is not mine. Right. Like, I'm not going to have the context for mm -hmm. that forgiveness or the family dynamics, so on and so right. forth. So right. even though I can relate to a story, it doesn't make it mine. Right. And the good and bad thing about fandom is that sometimes if the creators are wrong, fandom says, hey, this is mine now. You can't have it anymore. You've lost your privileges. Um, right. And sometimes that works very well. Mm -hmm. In like <laughs> prior fandom that Brynn and I were both in, Teen Wolf, I feel like the fandom did a great job of being like, um, hey, y'all fucked this up real bad, and we're gonna fix it. And that was like a, a fairly delightful fandom to be a part of. I've I've truly <laughs> never seen. I think my one of my first major fandoms was the Glee fandom, um, okay. which is something that we've had to address recently because of anniversaries. <laughs> um, and, like, I think that was the first fandom that I witnessed that did it okay. so well to say, hey, mm -hmm. like, you have no idea what you're doing with these characters. Right. Because right. the showrunner is, like, a white queer man who didn't understand, like, trans people or people mm -hmm. of color, anything of that right. sort. So it was like, right. you're really trying your best and I appreciate it, but you can't have them anymore. That's mine. And then the same thing happened with Teen Wolf. Mm -hmm. And now we're at Encanto, very different form of media. Yes. But because people could see themselves in this form of media, they were like, oh, like it can it can be for me. This is for me. And it's like, mm -hmm. nah, maybe this time, maybe don't. Right. And unfortunately, as white people tend to do, mm -hmm. they did it anyway. Yep. And they take and, things that do not belong to them, which is right. all of American history. <laughs> Correct. And yeah. I will say just a, a quick aside, because I know we, we we both of us touched on the queer perspective. Um, this is not to say that, like, if you want to headcanon Luisa, or not Luisa, Mirabel as, as queer, that's not to say that you can't. But this is also, it was not the focus of the story. Exactly. Like, that was, that was... You know, Bruno might be queer. That's cool. But also, like, none of that being, like, none of being queer was a part of the story. If it actually had been, like, cool, then maybe you can, you know, take away that message. Would I love to get there? That would be amazing. Oh, I want, an, I want an immigrant story about, like, dealing with not only, you know, being a person of color, but also being a queer person because, you know, that that's my identity. And, like, there are tons of queer children of immigrants who are who who also want, want that story but so that that was a quick aside uh, we <laughs> we yeah. queer people are not being queer phobic against people who are saying this we're just saying that cool insight but that's not the focus exactly it's it's sort of like you know i i always love the the comparison of of you know like minorities like ourselves finally mm -hmm. getting like a seat at the table mm -hmm. and you know it's like oh Latinos getting a, a chair at the table and we're like, oh, this is so nice. And then suddenly, mm -hmm. like, the queer half is like, oh, let All me white. share this. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me share this uh, chair with you. There's totally room for both of us. And it's like, okay, but 
actually, do you mind if we just sit by ourselves for right now? Like we know, yeah. it's, we know that this is an overall huge issue, but maybe can we like, can we just like not fight over table scraps? Like, can we, yeah. can we just have one moment where something is exactly. specifically for us? Mm-hmm. And again, media is any creative endeavor is, you know, it can be a reflection of yourself. You can find yourself in these things. That is not mm-hmm. a negative by any means. Yep. But once yep. you take that media and make it about you, then we have a problem. Mm-hmm. And Especially, yeah. specifically when it's not a story about you. Exactly. And one of the other things, it's it's funny, we can come full circle. At the beginning, I talked about uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. And how oh, that's no. Kind of like the, I, I know it's a real weird segue, but I promise okay. I'm going somewhere with okay. this. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll follow you on the journey. Here exactly. we go. So for those of you who aren't, necessarily in fan i have to imagine if you're here you're at least vaguely cognizant or like you're a little to the left (laughs) of fandom um (laughs) one of the things like the defining milestones is being like an 11 or 12 year old who's making like an original character for the first time and it's like oh my character's like a sonic the hedgehog oc and they have like wings and a tail and they can shoot like laser beams out of their eyeballs you know like Mm -hmm. everybody has a character that they want to add like it's just a a part of the process right it's people relating to the content that they are consuming exactly it's you know people making original superhero characters you and i Mm -hmm. have both done as such yes and it's a great time it's a super fun time and it's also because again sometimes there are aspects of ourselves that we don't get to see in that media correct But the main thing that I saw that upset me and and the main reason why I wanted to do this episode with you is because I would see like they would they would be making their own family members. Right. Like an Encanto Sona. Exactly. And, you know, like this is this is what their blessing would be. So on and so forth. This is what they Mm -hmm. would look like. And the thing is, is that they were still white. Uh-huh. Like, you know, <laughs> okay. it's, it's the family Mondragal, but also here's like our white cousin 10 times removed. Like, like hmm. what, 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 hmm. And I, I get wanting to, to kind of have, you know, like the aesthetic or like the idea of, you know, like, what would my miracle be? Like, it's, it's the right. same concept as, you know, like, what, what would my power be as a superhero? Right, right. And even though, you know, there is obviously a very beautiful variation in skin tones and, and hair texture even in, in Encanto, mm-hmm. which was such a wonderful thing to see. Yes, absolutely. They are all still Colombian. Yep. Like, it's not, the, the differing skin tones doesn't mean that they're not, that doesn't erase their entire background. It, right. It doesn't change that this is their family, this is their culture. It's nice if you would like to come up with like, you know, your your door design and, and your miracle. Mm-hmm. But once you start going so far as to put yourself in the family itself in the traditional wear um, and not <laughs> it feels it feels a little bit like fandom colonizing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, that, that, that I think is a very apt term because it's just like, OK, well, here I am part of it now. And I think. This is what I thought you were going to bring up is just like, you know, people people making their personas in in this universe. And I would I would say, okay, door design. Cool. 
Yeah, like it's power. it's a cute concept. Like yeah. even I would love to come up with, you know, like the door design, the the mm-hmm. you know, the miracle power that right. I would have, you know, and that's, that's it. Exactly. Leave it at that. And don't say I'm part of the family. This is it's just like, oh, you know, if my family were like this, you know, like, you know, make it yours, but also not be like I am in the family. Like, don't you don't have to shoehorn yourself into the universe. Exactly. Like, this is this is not the family madrigal. You do not have you. You are not. You're not. <laughs> yeah. Like you're yeah. one of the kids in the village, like asking questions about the family. Like you don't right. have to insert yourself into this. Exactly. And I, I think it, it also it comes back all the way around to the, the first point I was kind of starting to make with, with pandering and, and mm-hmm. that fandom has a tendency to, specifically white fandom, has a tendency to kind of do the same performative nonsense in which they're like, oh my god, you know, it's a, it's a really big important thing, you know, it's the, mm-hmm. the first you know, animated movie that's focusing on Colombian families or, you know, with, with Black Panther, it was the first MCU movie that had a black lead. Like, right. it, these things were very important. And we were like, hey, we need you guys to show up for this. Like, we mm-hmm. need you to be loud. We need to make sure that we can still get things like this, because if one of them flops, right. we're done. Yeah. And yep. they were like, OK, you know, like we're here, we're supportive. Da, 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 da. And then after the movie comes out. And it's mm-hmm. like the fan base is built. Even that much starts to feel performative. I think of it a lot like also coming back around to, to Lin-Manuel Miranda. And also even further back to Get Out, in which, you know, the white dad says, you know, I, I would have uh, yeah. voted for Obama again. I would have voted for him a third time. It's the yep. same thing. And then... Like, the new era was, you know, oh, I love Hamilton. I've, I've seen it, like, three times. Right. And then we get to Encanto, and it's the same energy. Mm-hmm. And Lin-Manuel Miranda is still there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <that's, laughs> which, I will say, you know, Hamilton is a, is a great piece of work. And I will say the thing that I feel like white people especially want to look past is the story just blackwashed slave owners. <laughs> Exactly. That's, that's, it's so funny. It's like the one time where we can legitimately say like something got black watch, washed, watched, black watch. No, that's, that's back to the overwatch conversation. (laughs) Um, But because we are, we, we truly just glossed over the slavery aspect. Like, oh, they mentioned it sometimes. Oh, that's so nice. Da, 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 da. But eh, it's still a little questionable as to the approach but again Mm -hmm. hamilton could be its own yes segment but it's still it again it still felt like that performative action and as soon Mm. as people started saying hey guys maybe you shouldn't like make your own characters and like insert them into the like the family like you know you can you can come up with you know like the door designs the miracle so on and so forth i'm gonna gonna keep doing it you can see yourself in these characters you can um Mm -hmm. relate to the songs but maybe don't like go this hard like this is this is getting a little weird and then they were like i don't understand why you're attacking me i'm just doing what you guys asked me to do i'm supporting you and then they back off and then you know obviously with with movies and such something that that is very condensed media of course there's going to be a point where that attention and interaction kind of starts to to wean and Mm -hmm. i feel like with creative endeavors such as um like Encanto and with Shang-Chi in particular um, uh, I think I know where you're going <laughs> it peters out very quickly 
Yes. So as soon as they get an excuse to look away, they're going to take it. So as soon as there's any sort of controversy, as soon as there's any sort of, you know, like squabbling in the fandom, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, I guess you guys don't want me to engage with this anymore. So I'm just not going to do it. And right. suddenly we lose half the fandom in one fell swoop. Um, right. And then like there's there's no momentum. You don't see anything in the news about or like not in the news, but like, you know, I think I saw stuff on Twitter about Encanto for like a little while and I, I wouldn't say I was tapped into the Encanto fandom at all but like I saw things about it for a little while and then you know vanished same thing with Shang-Chi like Shang-Chi was abysmal because it lasted like a week and then it was gone it was even, so it, god just so short-lived even though it was in theaters for a solid like month or two yeah and it was it did very well at the box office and it was well yep. received by Marvel fans. It was mm-hmm. a fantastic addition to the cinematic universe. Right. But even within the universe itself with Marvel media and stuff like that like we're not seeing anything with him, which is something else that we are also seeing with with Captain America. Right. But right. that is neither here nor there and I think we discussed that on that episode. By the way, that hasn't gotten any better if you if you guys listen to that first episode. Yeah. Um, so again, it it feels like we are in a perpetual cycle of can we have a nice thing? We have it. Okay, this is ours. Thank you for helping us to get it. And it's like, no, I helped you get it so I can have part of it too. Like mm-hmm. that's my reward for supporting yeah. you. For helping you get this thing and right. it's like that's not it wasn't it wasn't for you it was for right. us yeah but okay absolutely and i feel like this i mean on one hand i feel like disney's doing great because there's encanto and then you know next was turning red which has mm-hmm. i would say a little bit less of that like self-insert engagement but i would say the same sort of thing where white folks were like some white people were able to engage with it and be like this wasn't a story for me but i relate to some of these things overwhelmingly like i remember i was talking with you know Brent and my group of friends and i was like y'all need to see this it's fucking cute as hell very charming and like one of our friends who is white she's a a cis woman she was just like oh my gosh i love this and i was able to like relate to this part of the story but she wasn't fucking weird about it exactly like it wasn't you know like oh my god i relate so much this this story was like really revolutionary to me and And it's like now here's my panda sona exactly exactly (laughs) and Um, and like the i i just wish that and this is actually i think ultimately the point that mal made as well is like i feel like white people need to be able to flex this skill of reading a story or encountering a story and being able to just enjoy it and then just like leave it at that and like be like okay this isn't like necessarily mine and i don't need to be in this because y'all the rest of us have been doing this our entire lives you think (laughs) as i said in my episode with mal do y'all think the breakfast club was a universal experience (laughs) i can guarantee you it was not (laughs) yeah it's just like do you do we think like all these classic movies that like white people absolutely love like cult favorites like ferris bueller like do i like ferris bueller's day off um it's it is a, a fun movie but like i remember also watching that being like this is also an experience that is completely like not mine like my overlap is that I can squint with my gay eye and be like, okay, well, Ferris and God, I don't remember the guy's name, but um, the friend 
I'm just like, they could be in a queer relationship. I can see the chemistry there, but that's like the most that I could really uh, like. I think the other relatable thing is that you could you could probably look pretty good in a crop top, I would say. Um, okay, thank you. But I think that's that's really the only like relatable thing for me for like Ferris Bueller in particular. Right, like, right. Like Breakfast Club, you know, like I loved that movie growing up. And like my mm-hmm. relatable one was the like the nerdy white kid, which is mm-hmm. not. <laughs> I'm just the nerdy kid. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, well, now you're three quarters. Cause exactly. You're, <laughs> you're half white and all nerd. Uh, half white, all nerd. Oh, God. I'm gonna, I have to put that as like my Twitter bio now or something. Um <laughs> But, it, you know, the moment when he's like, you know, why do you have a fake ID? So I can vote. Like, I've never, at that particular moment, that was the most relatable thing I'd ever heard in my entire life. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't in that movie. Right. Like, and also, I know that they were, specifically with Breakfast Club, they were supposed to be the stereotype of the character that they are. The jock, the nerd. Right, the, you right. Know, so on and so forth. But it it's still... Even though it was kind of purposeful in leaving people out, it was also, I don't want to say, like, an accident. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, again, older movies, they really yep. they were very intent on leaving Oof. all of us out. Sure were. And, uh, and White it, people were obsessed with the 80s for a reason. Exactly. Oh, man. It was such a simpler time when we didn't have to worry about being racist. Um <laughs> Because our, our uh, you know, our, our side character is black, so that makes everything okay. But it just, no matter how much you think you're being left out, there are still so many of us that are getting nothing. And even, yep. you know, for, for myself, I, I finally have America Chavez was, was recently mm-hmm. featured in Multiverse of Madness. Yep. Which is fantastic. She still got to have her lesbian moms. That was very important mm-hmm. to me. I'm as far as we can tell, we're pretty sure she's still gonna get to be a lesbian herself. And um but there were still issues with it. There were mm-hmm. some aspects of her writing that, that felt like pandering. There were just moments that were forced and mm-hmm. and just the way that she's been marketed already. And with with Miss Marvel coming out, it's it's all the same concept we are going through the same things over and over it is a perpetual cycle of misery (laughs) yeah it is very much the 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 malcolm in the middle experience of i wasn't expecting anything and yet i am still let down yeah i just i really do wish that people i want to say that for actually do you know like in for multiverse of madness were there are you familiar? Uh, pro- probably not. Maybe not. But do, are you familiar with like the the breakdown of who like was on the script? Like, were there any people of color involved in the script or? Not really. From what I recall of the main, I think the the main like the director and the the main producers are not okay people of color. So it it. Eh. Sometimes. So basic, but like the final filter was not a person of color; it was a white person. Right? Exactly. It was kind of like, again, I find myself referencing fandom, like in fanfics when they have the the characters who are you know like Hispanic and such, like how they have them start speaking Spanish even though they wouldn't be doing it at that particular moment, or like you know like suddenly they have to translate for their friends. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. It's always really weird and kind of forced. Right same exact concept that is Mm -hmm. actually specifically the moment where like i rolled my eyes with america 
Because it oh, was no. so blatant and forced. And I was just like, this is the most uncomfortable thing I've ever experienced. Which is really saying something. Because I enjoy Marvel movies. So it, it, it just... One step forward, two steps back. Yep, the same thing. Same thing that you that we launched with too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm glad to report. Seven months later, the MCU the has situation not fixed has not itself changed. in in the span of yeah, no. So, um, we look forward to the future, and I would love to see how that changes again moving forward yeah. with the new projects. But I guess my my full conclusion here is that white people. In fandom. You need to chill the fuck out. First of all, you need to chill out. Like, you, you only have two modes. You have zero or a hundred, and I need you to be sitting at, like, a nice 45. Like, yeah. like we're just we're, we're just cruising down some, like, residential streets. Like, we don't gotta... Who's I, cruising down a residential at 45? I don't know. <laughs> They're fast. They're man. white people, Nathan. They don't get in trouble for driving Oh, that's things. right. You're right. I'm just getting a nice slap. Oh, you ran somebody over in the neighborhood? Okay, a slap on the wrist. Exactly. Don't do that. Like, slow down next exactly. time. Also, this is coming from somebody who has driven 45 in a residential. I, you know, I, I just gotta tell you, it's it's a different breed out there when it comes to different states and their their driving habits. There we go. That's a good. Yeah. Um, New York scares me, and I'm never touching it. That's very fair. You touched it once. I touched it once. I'm never gonna do it again. <laughs> I will say, like the okay for for the for the viewers at home, I've only gotten to one accident, and that was not actually my fault. I was the last car in like an eight car pileup, and I was only involved because the person who was car number seven freaked out, backed up, started backing up. I laid on my horn, and she backed up into me still. And I think Bryn, this was the Wait, did you? Yeah, no. This was this was right before I went. The last time I came to see you guys, but yeah. when we went to Sedona. Yeah, because we were really concerned that you were like dead. You were like, "Hey guys, I was in a pileup," and we're like, "Are you? Are yeah. you okay?" And and somehow, <laughs> are you dead? Yes. Are you dead? You know, even in a <laughs> even in an eight car pileup, you still found a way to be the bottom. Um, yeah. Oh I, my god. <laughs> Oh, that's oh great. I saw an opportunity and I had to take it. I mean, do it. As I, I as I've said before, my gender is whatever you need to make the joke land. God me. If, and if that gender is whole, then yep. <laughs> my gender is making the joke land. Um, exactly. And I, I, I truly, yes, no. It in my defense. <laughs> First of all, I live in Arizona and we're not known as like the hell zone, but if you're all the way over in like the HOV lane or like the furthest left, doesn't matter where you're at. If you're not going at least 80, you deserve to die. Like it's yes. it's not, you have to be going that fast or someone is going to ruin your whole life. Yep. You don't have a choice. So You might be dead. That, exactly. Being dead is, is having a life ruined. So Exactly, exactly. Let this be a warning. <laughs> yes, exactly. But yeah, I've never gotten a, a ticket or uh, never been in an accident. So that's Beautiful. a lie. I have gotten a ticket, but it was a parking ticket. So <laughs> not You're as going important. too fast. San Francisco is a hell zone of its own. Correct. That's also not the point. Correct. Uh <laughs> Okay, now that we've see. completely segued all the way moving, off. Moving all the way back. Let's see, it was a fan of white folks. It, there's there's some in between. You can you can show up for a movie and be like, I enjoyed these parts and, and, and just leave it at that. Exactly. If you want to, you know, 
sing the whole soundtrack in your vehicle every time you go to the grocery store, then by all means, please do it. You know, you can, it's not like we're saying you can't enjoy these things because you are more than welcome to enjoy them. That's what they're there for. Yes. But don't enjoy it so much that you're taking it. Right. Like you can be like excited that the other kid on the playground has a new toy and you're like, wow, I would love to also play in the sandbox with you. With your new toy, but you yeah. don't get to take the toy, my guys. It that's, is that's a, as simple as that. Mm-hmm. That's a that is actually a, a great analogy. Yeah, it's like you can, and I think to add on to that analogy, boy, folks, you gotta remember that like if we're gonna go with the sandbox, y'all have a lot of shit already. Yeah, like y'all got a lot of toys. And you're and, just like, and, you know, yeah, but it's like, it's like mid-range. I have, you know, like, you guys have the really, really nice one. So why can't we share, you know? I also don't have these super nice things. No. I, no. <laughs> Y'all have really, really fucking nice things already, okay? Exactly. <laughs> Keep your grubby little bacteria-infested hands to yourself. <laughs> I don't know what's like, in this sand, and I don't intend to find out. Correct. <laughs> don't pee in the sandbox. <laughs> it's Honestly, it's so easy. yeah i was like just every time like you know the same thing with people being like oh well like why isn't there like a white version of black panther it's like so y'all might not want to hear this but it's thor yeah i think it's captain america yeah it's it's literally um, every other superhero movie that has ever happened is is your black panther and then if you're looking for like your version of like Encanto, I have forgotten all movies that are magical realism. I have forgotten every single movie ever. Um, I don't remember anything, but there is definitely an equivalent of like, what is it? Um, I mean, like you want to figure out like your family dynamics and stuff like that. Literally just look at Frozen. Like we already mentioned it. Look at Frozen. Look at Tangled. Like all of these are white characters. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're literally, you have an expansive library to look at. Whereas like, you know, as as people of color in the states, we're still trying to build our library in in a way that is telling our stories. Because, like, sure, we can go to like our parent heritage and and pull from there. Like, I have watched Taiwanese movies about queer experiences, and let me tell you, those are rough as hell. <laughs> exactly. Um, is it so bad to want a happy story? <laughs> right. Like, I, like just, that... I just want soft content. Like, I'm going um, through enough right now. <laughs> right. And currently, that is Heartstoppers, our soft queer content. But mm-hmm. I also want a person of color Heartstopper because that'd be fucking cute. Please. And we need more cute stories. Okay. So that that is pretty much it, y'all, for mm-hmm. the main, main point of this episode. Sometimes we get toys and y'all have this mountain of toys that y'all are playing with already. And just remember that you guys have all this stuff and we are we're making our own as we go and like these stories that we're telling you can enjoy them but Mm -hmm. also they're not fully yours like just be careful about how you're be mindful about how you're interacting with them if you like for whatever reason have questions about oh am i interacting with this correctly like you should maybe have more friends yeah (laughs) have more friends or even have just, more f- just put something on Twitter. Be like, hey, guys, is this a little funky? I feel like this is a little funky. And you might either get canceled or you, <laughs> you might, might be the main character of Twitter for the day. Exactly. Or you might get some legitimate answers. Like, it's okay to ask questions. Right. I would 
Uh, so my my advice there would be maybe not pose it on Twitter, but like maybe try and have a more diverse friend group so you can be like talk to a, a fr- like if let's say about Encanto, you can like have a friend who is like Latino and you can talk to them like hey this thing that like this is how I'm engaging with this movie, but I maybe feel like I am overstepping my bounds a little bit. Like what do you think? And also. Free warning, just because one person says it's okay doesn't mean everybody says it's okay, so Correct. Just uh just be fucking chill, I guess. I don't I don't calm know. Calm down, I think is my my big just calm down. Just as you. as apparently cancelled celebrity Taylor Swift has said, you need to calm down. Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> Okay, we're going to take one last break before we get into the final segment, and also the saddest part of the show where I have to let Bryn go. Just take me out to the ranchito and let me go. Oh, oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and we are back from the break. Hope everybody drank water. As you all know, this is my second, not my second time saying this, as I'm trying to make this the tagline for coming back from breaks. Drink water because you need to be wet to live. No. <laughs> I really think you should workshop it. Like, I don't no. want to tell you how to do your own podcast, but I really no. think you should workshop no. that. No, I will not be taking any notes or, or feedback at this time. That okay. is the final. Understandable. <laughs> final Have a nice phrase. day. <laughs> so, uh, Bryn, since you were last on, I've reworked the the whole structure of the show. As you kind of saw, mm-hmm. we have you know our pop culture update, like updates and everything. The closing segment is called "What's Your Nonsense," and this is basically where we talk about things that you are into that it seems like nobody else is into, or maybe just like something that you're into that you want more people to be into. So, Bryn, with that what is your nonsense so my nonsense my season is now over but i'm really into hockey because it is a i think out of all of the sports that i've witnessed with my eyes i think it is truly one of the most not only homoerotic but very graceful in its violence and i i think that we don't take advantage of that enough as Mm -hmm. um both uh queer and people of color and i i think I would like more people to talk to about the the sports puck than mm-hmm. middle-aged straight white men. Right. Because there's only so much that I can tolerate in this existence. So I would I would really encourage everyone to maybe consider consider hockey. Consider hockey. The the playoffs are currently going on. My team, the Washington Capitals lost in the first round because mm-hmm. I can never have anything good. So, I don't know who I'm going to be rooting for now, but it's you know it's a free-for-all why not it doesn't matter right. anymore um <laughs> so you know once the season is over if y'all want to come join up i vaguely know things about hockey i also know which players are attractive and it's definitely a small percentage yeah i was gonna say if you want an introduction into hockey and like also the the queerness in hockey highly recommend reading check please by ngozi ukazu i think it is mm-hmm. um yes that is ngozi ukazu n-g-o-z-i u-k-a-z-u she wrote the webcomic check please it's all about playing hockey college hockey in this case and also being queer there are some colored characters in in there but for the most part it's about white dudes unfortunately mm-hmm. but as Bryn said 
the number of attractive men in hockey is very low. After I read Check Please, I thought, oh, maybe I could get into hockey because maybe the men are attractive. No. Nope. The men in hockey generally look like they were run over by a car and well, then they turned to the opossum next to them that also got run over by a car and said, help, what do I do? The opossum said, Dr. Possum said, if you lie there and pretend that you're dead, it will get better. And then they got hit by another, uh, by a semi-truck. And that's how most. <laughs> that's and, then how, they, and then they lost a few teeth along the way. Like it's, it's, correct. Just a, it's just the hockey experience. I think sometimes there are some golden eggs throughout very few, these teams. Very few, far between. Very few, but you know what? They're there. Sometimes you just got to look for them underneath those masks. Um, <laughs> so yeah, join me in hockey hell if you would like to. Otherwise, if you're not into violent sports, I think my only other nonsense is just like, like Icarus is saying, be kind, be good, be patient. Everything is kind of its own hellscape right now. So just yeah. remember to be good to each other. Yep, my nonsense for the week is mostly aimed at the gamer community, just people who are playing online video games, people who are on Twitch, people who are watching people who are on Twitch. Given what has happened in the States over the, over the past week with the shootings in Buffalo and in California, like the, the shootings in Buffalo especially, apparently the gunman streamed everything on Twitch, which is foul. Absolutely, like I can't imagine. Um yeah. And, like, there, there's a, a really big problem with, like, a sort of lack of moderation in the gaming community where people are very unwilling, like, white folks especially, are very unwilling to stand up to people in their streams or whatever, or even, like, the streamers themselves or the gamers themselves are talking, like, are spouting shit that is, like, blatantly fascist or racist or homophobic or whatever i should not have to fucking argue with people in my valorant lobby about whether hitler was bad or not yes that has happened unfortunately so yeah, it's 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 bottom of the barrel um literally yes just going back to what i said like it's not it just <laughs> be nice but also maybe for the people who aren't being nice sometimes the best way to get them to stop is to not be nice sometimes yeah the only good nazi is a dead nazi and i will stand by that so absolutely 100 nazi scalps if you will that's my oh, nonsense no. oh no <laughs> um by my slightly less bloodthirsty nonsense is yeah just like if you're white and you're gaming you're the really the people who should be standing up and be like hey shut this shit down like they gather your fucking idiot people and shut them up because as a queer person of color it is absolutely exhausting to log into a video game that is supposed to be a relax you know like not necessarily relaxing but like it's supposed to be an enjoyable hobby for me and then i have to hear the n-word multiple times also hear the f-slur multiple times yeah just like Gather your people, white folks, and then. I if need you're you to have like a team meeting, like a huddle. Yeah. You guys are into sports. Yeah. Like football yeah. and shit. Yeah, you guys do huddles. I need you to huddle up with your team. All the white people. Call exactly. all the white people. I need you to call a timeout and I need you to be like, hey guys, let's talk about our issues here. Well, let's shape the fuck up. Exactly. We're we're playing defense, we need to go offense, and that's all I know about football. No, that's the opposite. Nope. <laughs> They're playing offense, and they need to go. To... No, Actually, no, no, no. you know what? They don't need to do. They don't need to do any of that. They just we are we are doing too much right now. 
we are doing too much, we're being too white, let's just shut up and sit down. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're, they need to let the second string boys go. We, we yeah. gotta have a turn eventually. Someone's gotta win us this big football game. Um, the sports analogy's got away from me. I like hockey, not football. The only thing I don't like about hockey is that they're, uh, obviously they have a whole lot of protective gear and the pants are not tight enough to appreciate their asses. But you know what? Not objectifying people is important. We so, cannot win every battle, unfortunately. We cannot win every um, battle. I also think those pants would be very large to try and contain those asses. So. I truly. And and then if you're if you're a gamer who is a person of color and queer and or queer, sorry. Number one, I hope you're not engaging with that shit because if shit hits the fan, you will probably be okay for a little bit. But then white folks will will say you're not in the club and throw you out. So it's never too late to <laughs> renounce white supremacy. But then also, I I totally understand. It's very hard to be in a, a place where you're like, this is supposed to be relaxing and like fun for me. And it's not fun because I've got all this vitriol being spewed at me. Mute and block. Mute and block. That's it. Just It's free. Just... Mute block. Or the mute and block are both free. Yes. Whether it be on Twitter or on social media or video games or whatever. Just if somebody's somebody's being toxic, just turn them off. Like it, we don't need that. So that is my nonsense is to, as a queer person, of uh, queer gamers of color, protect your space. Um, be kind to others be kind to yourself correct the block button correct. is free the block button is indeed free Bryn, we've reached the end of the podcast as i mentioned at the top well actually first oh is this the part where i sell myself this is the part where you sell yourself but first i was going to tell you about groot oh uh, yes tell me about Groot. <laughs> okay so i saw it a somebody did like an alignment chart but with the mar with marvel boys and was it was like lawful hot lawful pretty and then lawful cute and you know like all the rest of the alignments mm -hmm. or whatever right and i understand that most of like the marvel characters or uh, characters like male characters in the mcu are white men mm -hmm. um so this board was five ninths white four ninths were non-white the diversity on this board was T'Challa, number one, mm -hmm. um, Killmonger, number two, mm -hmm. M'Baku, number three. Understandable. I want him to blow my back out. Continue. Oh. Number four, Groot. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Groot does not pass the diversity it does not AI. Count, right? I was just like, yo. His brown may be bark, but he is not a brown man. It's true. So I, like, I was just like, y'all, we have, we have Shang-Chi, we have Kingo, we have Gilgamesh, we have Wong? We got Wong. Honestly, Wong is truly after Multiverse of Madness. Of course, I'm not going to give any spoilers for those of you who have not seen it yet. But if you haven't, my God, how are you still alive on social media? <laughs> Wong is truly just the mvp of the entire marvel universe right now and more than anything i want either a movie or a series with him and roadie because the mcu mm -hmm. will never have another problem ever again absolutely <laughs> so, so uh that was that was the group statement uh, it caused me a lot of pain <laughs> i'm so sorry so important note for all the viewer listeners putting groot in the diversity ai will not get you brownie points correct so. Groot is not actually, uh, does not count as a, a person. Sorry. He doesn't. Uh, actually, I'm not even going to apologize for that. Groot is not a person. He's not. He's a. He's there. He's there. He's Groot. He's a plant. He's Groot. That's it. Okay, so, Bryn, 
where would you like to be found? What are you work? Anything that you want to plug? Now's the time. So if you're looking for my audio work, pretty much anything that I've done is through Audible because Amazon kind of owns the market on literally mm -hmm. everything, including yep. capitalism as a whole. But of course you can, all of my most important links can actually be found on my Instagram, which is foretellerbrin. Otherwise, if you want to talk like fandom stuff, anything of that sort, if you want to talk to me about hockey, you can find me on Twitter as Soldiers Shields. Yes, in reference to Captain America's shield, because Perfect. that's my life. It's true. And also for the record, what was the what's what's the one that is published right now? The one that is currently published is oh god, it has such a long title. Um <laughs> which, which is exactly why I, I have to I have to go back and reference it. Take as long as you need, I can cut this in post. Excellent. <laughs> what you didn't hear is we cut ten minutes of dinner. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So the, the current audiobook that has been published thus far is the only sometimes inspirational quote book, sayings of writers, philosophers, everyday people, bedroom walls, and monsters of history and their victims. Beautiful. Which was compiled by AZ Tudosa and narrated by me. So Wonderful. I'm hoping that there's no live, laugh, love in there. Um. <laughs> there's not. Thank God. It, was a, it is a very Lord. good, surprisingly good compilation of quotes. So. Oh, that's awesome. Wonderful. Any, anything else that you, let's see, that you did your, your Twitter, your, mm -hmm. your, Twitter, your voice Instagram, stuff. Instagram, voice stuff. <laughs> um, I don't really think I have, I don't, I don't, I don't have an OnlyFans. So, um, well. but if, if you're interested with the sweet syrupy tones of my voice, oh, I hate that description I just used. <laughs> um, <laughs> my ASMR Patreon coming to you soon. No, it's not. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Enjoy. Winky face. There's there's a market for everything. There's a market um, for everything. I just remember seeing a, a slime Instagram and getting very upset. Well, there we go. I'm I'm um, happy to slime you for the <laughs> low price of U.S. dollars. I can't believe you are now Nickelodeon. That's me. Uh, <laughs> So if y'all have made it this far, thank you so much for tuning in. As you know, this podcast is completely independent, as shown by how infrequently I release episodes now, unfortunately, because I'm tired due to real life. I'm taking all the last, I'm taking the week of Memorial Day off, so I'm super excited to recharge. Maybe I'll record another episode, actually, because um, I got shit to talk about. But yeah, so this is com a completely independent operation. I rely, rely on Patreon to help defray the costs that are associated with podcasting, and that's mostly just like hosting the audio files on places. So if you are interested in supporting the podcast, you can find me on patreon at nonsense and noise pod a uh, picture for the account is of me drinking a glass of wine and there are a few tiers associated with the patreon tier one gets you a shout out on the pod tier two gets you early access to the episodes of the podcast so during the editing process i also like to make transcripts of the podcast for people who are either deaf or hard of hearing or people who want to interact with the podcast but maybe don't have the time to listen or like don't have the ability to listen at some some point in time but they still want to engage with the media so i'll make a transcript and basically once all like basically like the moment that that is all done i will upload everything to the interwebs and then people in tier two and above get 
access to that like a day before the general public. So that's tier two. Tier three gets you the ability to suggest topics for me to talk about. Previous suggested topics have included boys love as well as the world of Avatar. And I it, don't worry for folks who are, who are wondering about, oh, are we going to get more Avatar? I have another friend who I'm trying to find time with to record an episode about Korra. She's got a lot to say. and I'm really excited for that one. So yeah, if you're interested head over head on over to patreon and check it out if you want to spend more time with me and my goofiness i am on instagram and twitter at kato not kato that is k-a-h-t-o-n-o-t-k-a-y-t-o i'm also on twitch where i occasionally play video games most of mostly it's been like switch stuff still working through triangle strategy shin megami tensei 5 and too many other things to name and will maybe occasionally stream myself being bad at valorant and so yeah you can find me on twitch at the same name kato not kato let's see is there anything else i think that is about it so once again bryn thank you so much for for doing this it's always a joy to have you on pod. of course thank you so much for having me and of course if there's enough interest i am more than happy to contribute to a patreon tier that has erotica asmr but oh anyway no <laughs> You know, we got to make sure we have a market for that first. So, I mean, if you make it, they will come. Exactly. In more ways than one. Wow. Um, Ooh, and on that note. (laughs) And on that note, thank you, everybody, for coming by. Thank you, Bryn. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.